Hey everybody, it's Clint. Um, I'm back finally. Hope everybody's doing reasonably okay. Um, it's been a weird last couple of weeks, to say the least, and the world's basically turned upside down. Um, but that's basically all I'm going to say about that for the rest of this episode. Um, I think last time I promised that I was going to talk about trail etiquette, um, which admittedly is something that I should probably work on. I posted a bunch of things up on the site um, under Soapbox, and none of them will probably make sense unless you've listened to any of the podcast episodes, but um, I actually posted one thing up called uh, Trail Running Safety and Manners Guide, and this is something that was in the packet pickup bag um, when I did an ultra in Japan, and so inside of this handy manual in English and Japanese, there are instructions for going out into the wilderness and also while you're on trail. So I thought that um, I would read each of these. They're numbered steps, more or less, and I believe there's ten of them. And I thought that I would read them and then maybe talk about them. And you can see if you agree. I was hesitant to take a picture of like the whole thing and post it up on the site because of copyright and stuff like that. So I want to do that. But first, a little context. Um, because of the situation right now, I have noticed on the trail that I typically go on um, there's been a lot more people going higher up on the trail so it used to be that once you got to a certain point where it cut down to the waterfalls most people would kind of fall off the trail there they would go down and look at the waterfalls but now um, I guess people are trying to get out more and trying to get away from other people more so I'm seeing people further up on the trail which I don't have an opinion of good or bad maybe maybe I think it's good because um, more people are actually out and they're doing hard things right so even to walk up that um, trail I was on the phone today, um, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I was on the phone today with someone, which I usually am not, um, while I'm out on, you know, running or whatever. Uh, I was on the phone with someone, and I was walking because I didn't want to drop my phone, and was out of breath. Not out of breath, but I was breathing heavily, just walking up uh, this elevation, so it's nice to see, I guess, people 
challenging themselves a little bit, and two, um, you know, getting a little bit more distance, getting away from uh, the little rinky-dink, I think it's like a maybe a quarter of a mile trail that goes down to the waterfalls, like challenging themselves a little more. I've seen more people with bikes, too. Uh, I didn't used to see that many people with bikes. Uh, a couple of things that I have not seen much of are um, ATVs, like the, I guess they're called gators, um, four-wheelers, like quads and uh, motorcycles. There was a problem for a little bit with um, kids, mainly kids, just riding really fast um, on these trails. And number one, I think you're not supposed to be doing that. Um, I always forget the, the name of this uh, organization. I always want to say Customs and Border Protection, but it is definitely not Customs and Border Protection. But uh, the DLNR, the Department of um, Land and Natural Resources, they have officers that come and sit now. And I didn't used to see this at all. Um, but now, for whatever reason, there are uh, DLNR vehicles that come and sit in this location. And I don't know if they're looking for the the people on quads and stuff, or if they're looking for poachers, which is... Um, I don't want to say poachers. If they're looking for hunters, we'll say that. Because I don't even begin to understand the dynamic um, with hunting uh, boars here. So the deal is, you know, there is an official mechanism for, you know, official process for having tags to go out and, and hunt these animals. But at the same time, there's... Um, a huge amount of um, boars, and they devastate, uh, and they they roam. So, my understanding is, hunters are hired to go into areas and kind of um, thin out uh, the population. So, I don't know if the hunters that I've seen up in this area were legit, or if they were just up there, like, didn't have tags or, or whatever, um, I don't think you're supposed to be hunting in this area, but then again, I'm not sure, maybe you can, but as far as, like, quads, I've talked to, um, the officers before, and they said, no, you can't have, um, motorcycles or quads or, uh, personal vehicles, anything up in this area, so... I'm getting way off course, but uh, the other thing is too, like they uh, apparently, I didn't see this when I saw the officers up there like last weekend, there was a DLNR vehicle parked up at um, like right where it cuts off to go to the waterfalls. I don't think that that 
person was stopping anybody, or at least I didn't observe them stop anybody at that time. Um, but I found out, to, well, I didn't find out, but I heard from someone today um, while I was out on those trails that um, apparently uh, you're not allowed to go off down towards the waterfall and never have been in the past. Um, I guess maybe it's private property um, and it's right up against land that's owned by watershed management, which I'm assuming is okay. The same person that told me don't go to the waterfall has told me um, that the main trail is okay. So I don't know. It's really hard to know. Like Stuff is not marked um, in Hawaii very well, at least not on Big Island. I don't don't know if it just was never marked or if somebody stole a sign. Either scenario is um, completely plausible. So for anybody that lives outside of Hawaii, I'm sorry. Um, For anybody that lives outside of Hilo... I'm double sorry because um, none of what I just talked about is relevant to you and probably not interesting at all. But I did have a point. The dynamic of, of that location has changed. It used to be that I would just go out there without a care in the world, didn't expect to see anybody. I've seen a roaming security vehicle. Uh... A handful of times. The person's never stopped. Tinted windows, I don't know what they look like. Um, I've never been asked to leave. And I've been all over up in that area. So I've just always assumed that nobody really cared that I was up there. But, you know, I'm going to have to do a little checking and get the official, official dish on the status of that area. If it is all private property and like no trespassing, then that's going to be a bummer for me because that's pretty much, that's a very, the most convenient place that I know of. It's kind of right by where I work. So, um, I have been for the last year, maybe year and a half, two years, I've been after work just going there consistently because it's so close and just save gas money, you know, leave work, go there, do my running, go home um, instead of going home and coming or driving out to somewhere, who knows, volcano. I love volcano. I would love to go to to volcano every day but it's so far away from where I live and also where I work gas is so expensive over here that um, I've been just going to to my main trail for most of my running and then every now and then like I'll venture out to somewhere else um, on the weekends for a long run but yeah so if they're cracking down and like if there's no more admittance up there, that'd be really sad. But as far as I know, um, 
it's okay to go there. There's just parts of it that you can't get off the main kind of road or trail and go down into what's presumably private property. So, um, sorry to bore everybody with that, but, um, what was my point? Oh yeah. More people on the trail. Um, which is good. I, I want to see more people on the trail. Um, but everybody self-included, um, and I am not always the best with this. Let me just tell you something uh, about myself. It's not that I want to be a jerk. It's not that, um, that I want to be rude to people. I just am stupid and, um, I don't know why I'm the way I am, but, uh, I have a lot of little quirks and, um, stupid sense of, um, ownership. If I'm on a trail all the time, I begin to feel like I, um, somehow belong there more than other people, which is not good. I know this and, um, I'm trying to get better. So please, uh, if you see me out, um, bear with me. I'm, I'm working on this. I want everybody to be down there or be out there deep down. But at the same time, sometimes I feel like uh, people aren't being respectful to, to everybody else that's on the trail. So in other words, things like if there's 15 people in your party and you're taking up the whole, the whole thing, like you're just all, um, shoulder to shoulder walking up and then I'm running down. Like I expect somebody to move out of the way to let me through. And then sometimes that doesn't happen right away. And it's a pet peeve of mine. And I tend to, um, I don't know. I don't ever say anything to anybody. I think I've covered that before. I'm just kind of trying to keep quiet and devil may care. I don't really care what you're doing on the, the trail. I just want to get by and then let everybody else go about their business. And then I go about mine. Um, so I'm never confrontational, but then at the same time, like I'm not moving off the trail to let your 15, your party of 15, um, continue to walk shoulder to shoulder. So I don't, I've never been one to accept a heavy handed approach, um, very well. And I've also always kind of been the, um, questioner of things and the kind of like the little, uh, passive aggressive rebel, I guess. Um, so I'm working on it. Uh, but anyways, so it would be helpful if everybody could kind of think of the trail as a road. And since we're in the United States, I guess you could change it up if you go to some somewhere where the lanes, uh, the flow of traffic is reversed. But so just treat it like um, a regular road. 
So, you know, either you're on the left or uh, the right side, depending on the direction that you would you're going, and it would just match how you would usually drive a car. So, I don't know. That'd be helpful, and then just stay on the extreme side of that trail and let people get by. It seems so simple, but I, I. It's something that people apparently struggle with. I've even had it um, a lot of times where, like, I'll move to the opposite side of the trail and a person will also move to this side of the trail that I just moved to. And I'll move back over and then the person will also move back over. Or they'll have, like, a dog. So they'll be on the opposite side of the trail, but their leash is so long that the dog is on the side of the trail that I am on as I'm coming down the hill towards them, right? And so, I, I, yeah, I don't even attempt to understand it, but, um, yeah, just get out of the way. I mean, I don't know really how else to say it. I try to get out of other people's way, and I don't know. I just kind of expect people to do the same. And if you got a dog, please leash that thing up. It shouldn't be off the leash anyway. If it's definitely if it's around people, uh, if it's around a densely populated area, because hey, check this out. I like my dogs. I don't like your dog. Like until I get to know it, I don't like it. It's not cute to me. And I've been bitten on my leg before, so I don't. And it was by a dog that was like a family pet. It was an older dog. It, I think it was like a lab. Not even a super aggressive breed. Probably like one of the nicer breeds. And the lady didn't even realize that her dog had bit me. And she comes towards me. And as she's walking towards me, she's telling me how it's okay. He's a nice dog. He, he won't bite anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, he will. There's like blood coming out of my leg and I've got like a hole in my calf where a dog just munched on it um so yeah so I don't like your dog sorry and most people don't either especially if it's a bigger dog or if you got a pit bull um I'm sorry about your feelings but you know there is a negative connotation with with aggressive type breeds. I know you love your pit bull or your Rottweiler or whatever, your Husky. Um, but other people don't just because of the size. And so keep your canine on a leash and preferably a short one when you're walking past people. It seems so simple, but people don't want to do it. I'm all for letting them, letting them go. Like if once you get out into the middle of nowhere and, you know, there's nobody around, but for sure, put your dog on a leash. Um, and also keep all your stupid trash and throw it away when you get home or you get back to your vehicle. That's one thing that I've noticed more of, like trash on the ground. Um, even since the whole, the whole deal where, um... Well, I guess that's a stupid thing to say. Like, people are not supposed to be out. It's okay to go to 
um, exercise and stuff like that now. So it makes sense. More people are doing it because that is kind of like one of the only things that you can do right now is go out for exercise and, you know, go to the grocery store and stuff like that. But, yeah, so the trash things become a problem. I'm sorry if I'm being a jerk about all these things that I'm talking about, but, you know, it's just every now and then is manageable, but now there's just way more people, and uh, it's way more irritating, way more noticeable. So dogs on a leash, stay on one side of the trail, and also take all of your dumb trash with you when you leave so don't leave your clothes out on the trail don't leave your food container that you brought in um yeah i mean it's simple stuff all right so let me flick off my um my little passive aggressive switch and then um we can have a nice conversation about the trail running safety and manners guide uh, so, number one, it says respect nature. Agree. Uh, simple enough to do. Don't uh, poke the bear. Try not to shuffle things around too much. Just kind of leave it the way you found it. Um, if you're out running or if you're out hiking and you're constantly moving, you really are probably doing this um so there's that component and you know also don't leave your trash um or break stuff you know like go breaking limbs off trees or anything like that um there's the other aspect of that too whereas you you respect yourself in nature so you respect the um the hugeness of nature and what that is and how things are interconnected and the part that you play in that and uh yeah kind of the bigness of it all so yeah definitely respect nature um number two in the guide safety first plan and be well prepared when going up into the mountains agree uh very strongly, especially if you're going to the mountains, but in general, anywhere that you go, people have become very dependent on uh, mobile devices for navigation and pretty much anything um, that used to require uh, rope memorization and uh, brain power. Now people just turn to mobile devices, but if you're going to be going out um, anywhere, but especially on the trails and especially up into the mountains where there are animals and severe weather and um, isolation, things like that, plenty of opportunities to break limbs and uh, bleed out, you need to plan ahead and be prepared for any of the possible situations that you may encounter. Um, you'll notice on the soapbox, I posted all of my gear. And so I talked about gear, I think last podcast, I, I think, um, but I kind of laid out like all of the things that I usually take. And you can see, you know, 
for the most part, I take all of that stuff with me on each run. Like the big bottle of sunscreen, I don't. I just put that there so that people would know that I do use sunscreen and I do um, promote using it. Um, just for the simple fact that the sun is there to burn you and um, give you cancer and kill you. So I think sunscreen also can <laughs> have bad effects, like I guess if you use it often, but um, I don't I, I really, I guess it's better to just use it and block the sun than um, to not use it and get sunburned all the time. Yeah, so for for that simple fact of just not getting sunburned, right? I don't know, man. I don't want to get cancer. I don't want anybody else to to get cancer or any kind of skin disease from using sunscreen. But um, just to stave off sunburns, I don't know, man. Maybe it's totally worth it because you could get burned pretty fast uh, in some parts around the area that I live and play in. Um, So... Why did I why did I go into that? Oh yeah, yeah, because the the gear list. So um, I don't bring that big bottle of sunscreen, but sometimes I will bring like a smaller container, like a, a liquid type sunscreen, with me if I'm going out for a long, long time. Um, pretty much everything else in there I bring. You'll notice there's a Sawyer. Um, filter and then there, it's like an inline filter um, and then also I've got a life straw I'll usually only bring like one of those things and I don't bring those if I'm not going to be running uh, next to like a stream or something because it just doesn't make sense if you're going out in the desert you don't need to bring a water filter because you're not going to find any water probably um but yeah, other than just bring, yeah, so that, my point is that I bring all that if I'm going to run, you know, like 10 miles over two hours, if that's going to be going, or two, more than two hours, come on, um, I'm getting, I'm getting older and slower, but uh, if I'm going to be going out in a place that's remote, there's not going to be a lot of people, I have to think about like, mm, okay, well, what if I get injured? What if I get attacked by a pig or something and I start bleeding out? Well, I need something to, you know, control that bleeding or, you know, I may need something to, you know, tie around, make a little splint, something like that. Nothing too fancy. So I've got, a, I carry a cravat and I also carry that Mylar blanket because it can be used as a occlusive dressing or it can be used to wrap around you to, to retain body heat and you know whatever um and i'll bring a little bit of food even though i don't need it i may not even eat any of it but i'll bring some uh, beef jerky or maybe one of those uh cookies um and then of course uh hydration plenty of water for the activity and I think I've mentioned this before. I usually just put um, scratch into all of uh, my water. I don't drink straight water while I'm out on the 
call them out on in activity outrunning or whatever uh so there's that part of you know bringing everything that you're going to need but then also there's the part about becoming familiar with the the terrain becoming familiar with all of your routes uh, things tend to look differently um especially here than what they're described as on Google places or, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity in directions. So even if you do have your phone and it's working well, you may still be puzzled once you get out on the, the trails here in some places. It can be a little bit confusing. So point being, you need to get out the um, the Google Maps, look at those satellite images, familiarize yourself with the place that you're going, know, you know, what kind of wildlife is there. Are the bears hibernating, right? Or should you be carrying a bear bell? Should you be carrying bear spray? Um, should you be going in the woods right now? You know, these are things that... Um, you should think about before you get out and then also um are you telling anybody where you're going do you have a device to you know track your geolocation and report back to people you know it's stupid to go out on uh even a half day hike somewhere and you're not telling people where you're going uh, and you're not care if you're not carrying your phone or some kind of communication device with you. That's just plain dumb, and uh, I don't recommend it. So just safety first. Plan. Be well prepared when going up into the mountains or when going anywhere. So that was number two. Uh, number three is share the trail, and we talked about this earlier. So there's actually two parts. And now I'm going to turn the, fo- I'm going to shift the focus towards me. And so, like I said, attitude, not so great. Could probably be better. Um, sharing the trail, I need to work on that, right? So not just get over to the other side of the, the trail, but also like acknowledging people, um, making people feel comfortable. I operate in complete silence right now i don't really mess with people like i will give like a hand gesture like a wave um as i pass by people but i don't ever know if they see that or they acknowledge that because i'm not even i don't even care i'm not even paying attention i'm just in my own world so situational awareness that's actually part of safety too um i could be a little bit more cordial um and, um, you know, kind of nice, I guess, outwardly nice, outgoing, uh, to people that I meet on the trail. So that's part of sharing the, the trail too. That's a deficiency that I have that I'm working on. And then the stupid feeling of, um, somehow having ownership <laughs> just because I go to, you know, places like, every day or or whatever that's just not the case it's there for everybody and um 
you know, it's good to take ownership and be a good steward of the trail and pick up trash and take care of things and um, that kind of thing. But no one person really can own nature. So just relax. And then especially in, you know, the climate that we're in now, people literally, that could be the last time that you see them. You know, that's a little bit dramatic, but um, it's the truth. We're in a heightened state of awareness of that fact now, but it's always been true and it always will be true because we never know what's going to happen from day to day. Literally could be the last time that you ever see those people. Um, Life is so short and we're all so insignificant get outside of our own heads realize the bigness of uh, everything and how insignificant we each are including myself and just kind of relax and and be nice so share the trail and i don't really know what the official rules are i think it actually says something about it somewhere else in this booklet but there's kind of like a precedence and you can go on reddit or or just online in general and you can find that so there's a precedent for for like right away on trails um look up like appalachian trail or or something and and uh you can find out who has the right away like if it's uphill downhill um that type of thing but yeah, share the trail. Makes sense. Uh, number four, slow down and walk when passing others. Um, okay, I can see why this may be valuable if you're on like single track or um, a narrow portion of trail. I think if you're on a, you know, a piece like a road basically I don't think you need to slow down and walk when passing other people um yeah I don't I guess it depends on situation but I can see their logic you don't want to run past and accidentally like bulldoze some old lady that's out walking on the trail or old man or young or whatever uh I guess it's your discretion. Slow down, be fast. Just um, don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, number five, be courteous when running in large groups. So that that's kind of like what I was talking about, the, the group of 15. Um, so yeah, definitely runners, be courteous when you're running in large groups. Don't be running in large groups right now. Um, bad idea. But uh, when we do get back to running large groups, just kind of, you know, don't act like you own the road. Don't make all of us other runners look like um, jerks. Let people get by and uh, don't stampede other hikers or runners just because you're in a big group. Makes sense. Pretty pretty you know pretty much common sense 
be courteous. And then if you're walking, for gosh sakes, um, make a hole when somebody's running through. I mean, come on. It's not that big a deal. So number six, uh, stay on the trail. So this is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you get off the trail, you may get lost. Um, trails are good because they are the way. Um, some people like to get off the trails and they do it a lot. Um, like fell runners, people that run in places where there are no trails, more or less. Um, but those people are exceptional athletes and they know that game better than us casual exercisers, I guess, casual runners. Um, stay on the trail because don't get lost. That's the, that's the first thing. And then also stay on the trail because you can, if, if you get off the trail every day or if enough people get off the trail consistently, you're going to go ahead and widen that trail. It's going to offset the that little ecosystem. And then it's like the butterfly effect. Um, you never know what the, uh, what the repercussions of that will be. So yeah, stay on the trail. Don't, uh, don't mess, mess up nature and then also um, don't get lost so case in point there's a portion of trail actually it's the beginning of the trail where I usually go every day I usually used to go every day I don't get to go every day right now but um, there's mud all at the bottom because the it's, that, it's at the bottom of a hill and all the water runs down and um, there's runoff. So it's rocky and muddy. And people have made several other trails to kind of get around the existing mud. But then all that happens is those side trails, they end up being rocky and muddy because everything dies and erodes away. Like all the vegetation dies because it's trampled on and erodes away. And then you get... Um, just get muddy, rocky, another muddy, rocky trail. It just widens that piece out and destroys, you know, the the habitat. And it it's ugly. I mean, it does look kind of wonky right now. Um, okay, so number seven, don't litter. Yeah, it's not cool to litter. Take your trash with you. Nobody wants to run into all that it's gross um there's a problem i don't know about other islands but on big island people literally throw out like entire uh, rooms of furniture so uh, on the trail not on the trail but on uh i ran beach road from paradise park not paradise park from uh hawaiian beaches down to the lava flow, the 2018 lava flow. And like on the side of the road, there were, there was one area where there's like, I think like a couch, TV, computer, 
um, bags of trash, like somebody had just thrown out, I guess, like everything they, they had, or maybe it was, you know, stolen goods or whatever, but they just threw them out, um, in the middle of nowhere. The weird thing is, uh, in Hawaii, or on Big Island, in the area that I live in, it's free to take your trash to the transfer station and dump it. So if you got a couch, you can take it there. TV, no problem. Uh, anything big or small, you can take it, dump it there. No fee. It's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of rolled up into the taxes that we pay here. But people won't, some people won't do that. They'll just throw it on the side of the road, which is a shame. You will hopefully be infested with the fleas of a thousand camels um, if you're a person that does these kind of things. Not cool. Um, don't litter. Number eight, respect the plants and animals. I feel like this is redundant, but uh, I feel like they already mentioned this. But yeah, respect them. You don't need to kick flowers um, just because you're feeling super pumped about your long run um don't cut the heads off snakes and stuff that you see you're not john rambo stop it uh and you're probably gonna get bit if you go messing around with snakes number nine try to use oh uh fun fact for people that don't know snakes in hawaii they're to my knowledge, there are only two species. So there is a snake that lives in the ground, and now I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it's small, often mistaken for earthworm, and rarely seen. Um, but there's that snake, and non-venomous, I don't think it could bite you even on its best day if it wanted to. There's another species of snake. It's a brown tree snake, I believe. And those are venomous. The fangs are located... I don't remember if it's the fangs are located in the back of the mouth or if the fangs are so small or weak that the venom... Like, they're only dangerous to small children. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Um, but I think those are few and far between. And they were introduced in order to eradicate or manage um, another invasive, like an invasive species or something like that. Just never get your facts from me. I, I'm horrible with remembering. <laughs> I remember, like small pieces but then like all the important stuff I, I can't fill in but yeah so as far as snakes go that's it and I've never I've seen the little ones that live in the ground but I've never seen a, a big snake here I used to see a lot of snakes when I lived in Georgia like a bunch like more than I ever want to see I've seen enough to last a lifetime um, venomous and non-venomous uh, number eight, 
Yeah, we just did that. Respect plants and animals. Number nine, um, try to use public restrooms. If not possible, carry out. Use toilet paper. Um, okay, I guess. I will always try to use a public restroom if there's a public restroom available. Problem is, 98% of the places that I go to run, uh, there are no public restrooms. So either I'm holding it or I've got to make a cat hole. And I don't carry toilet paper with me. So we're talking about using a uh, rock or uh, <laughs> so some kind of leaf um, for toilet paper and that's what I do uh, some people get uh, what are they called I forgot what it's called a swag bag I forgot but it's uh, it's basically a bag where you put all your uh, goings in and then you pack everything out uh I would do this for places that are sacred. And so there are some sacred places here in Hawaii, like Mauna Kea being one. Um, I, I wouldn't go leaving my waist uh, for sure on Mauna Kea. Respect that. Uh, but if I'm just out in the jungle somewhere... Uh, I may just dig a cat hole. I'm not going to leave a bunch of toilet paper. I don't carry it with me anyways. But uh, that's just me. Just make sure you cover that stuff up for sure. Like, if you got a public restroom, use it. Um, if you have to go outside, yeah. I think don't, don't leave your toilet paper or whatever. Try to... Try to bury it um, if you can. Well, no, not if you can. You definitely can. Like, dig a hole. Like, grab a rock or something. Dig a hole. Do all your business in the hole. Put your teepee in the hole. Cover that thing up, man. So people don't have to see it. They don't have to smell it. They don't have to step on it. They don't know it's there. Um... As far as, like, toilet paper, toilet paper goes, if you're bringing that out, I think it takes longer to disintegrate if it's buried than if you leave it out. But then if you leave it out, uh, everybody can see it, and that's kind of gross. So I I would say bury it, but that's just me. And I know a lot of people will hate my advice there, but it is what it is. Um... Number 10, be friendly. That's kind of redundant of what we talked about before. Something that I need to work on because I'm not super friendly, not super talkative. Um, yeah, and that's all of the rules for trail manners. I will say this. It's been my experience that in life in general, and trail is certainly a part of life for me you can get by with pretty much any approach that you want to take to dealing with other people um, you can get by for so long 
one day you're going to meet the person that is bigger and badder than you. And if they don't like your approach, you may have problems. So it kind of behooves everyone to be as nice as they can possibly be um, when they're out on the trail because you will run into that person that doesn't and does not take any mess off of other people. And the same thing is true in life, right? And they will call you out on your uh, your attitude, and there may be there may be a bad time for everybody. So it's kind of it's kind of good for everyone for the benefit of everyone just to uh, be nice if you can't be nice then just be quiet okay and so that's that's more me i'm more of a be quiet guy because sometimes i can't be nice because uh that's just the way i am um but i'm working on it Yeah, and so that's that. And then it goes on to give like a trail running gear list, but I've already been through that in another podcast. And yeah, so that's that. Uh, Moving on. A couple of uh, weird things happened to me this week. I was mentioning earlier, yesterday I went to, I drove out to... Hawaiian beaches, which is not like a general description. It's uh, actually a subdivision uh, near where I live. But I drove out to the subdivision and parked um, on Beach Road, on the side of Beach Road. And then I ran from where I was parked south to where the 2018... um, lava flow went through uh, now they've reopened uh, it's a two way intersection where it used to be uh, four way um, so you kind of get to the end of the road it's not really the end of the road because you can always turn uh, right and then go back out towards Pahoa and then up or I think you can turn at that point to and then go um, more towards uh, the end of the road. It's a place called the end of the road. Um, and that's at another lava flow. It's actually a neighborhood that's built on top of um, a previous lava flow. But so I think it was like eight miles around trip um from my truck down to the flow and then back but um it's through it's on beach road which runs right along the uh coast i think it's like a it it was or is an evacuation route there's houses that are built on either side of this road and you know like a lot of the neighborhoods around this area. I don't know if you want to call this a neighborhood because the houses are spaced out um, pretty good. But so they vary. Um, some of them are literally just a uh, multiple story like platform 
So you got a roof, and then you've got essentially like a big old treehouse with no walls. Uh, and I don't know if people live there all the time or if it's just place that people go to hang out and look at the ocean. Um, but then you've got regular single-family homes. Some are not that nice. Some are really nice. Some have, you know, a lot of inoperable cars and trash in their driveway. Some of them are just, you know, normal single-family homes. So it just varies. Um, it's an interesting place, Pahoa, in general. I like it, so don't get that impression. It's one of my favorite um, areas, I think, on Big Island. I think that's safe to say. It's one of my favorite areas. I like the layout and the um, uh, the vegetation. It's more jungle. It's more, uh, I guess, wild. It's what you kind of think of when you think of like a tropical jungle type setting. It's fun to run through because, you know, there's massive trees, there's massive ferns, there's vines everywhere. Every now and then you'll get lucky. There'll be a lilikoi vine and, you know, will drop fruit or whatever. Uh, on the other hand, there's... <laughs> There's a lot of very interesting people that travel uh, Beach Road for one reason or another. Um, some of them are out getting exercise. Some of them are probably pretty high. Um, and then some of them are just super free spirits. Um, you got people on uh, ATVs, motorcycles, big old trucks, um, cars moving through I typically don't like to run on the road uh, now it's especially dangerous because the cars can go faster and they do uh, or I'll say not just cars but just vehicles in general they can go faster with the paved road um, and they they do that it used to be before the lava flow it used to be all gravel and so you had the danger of all the the rock dust and everything kicking up. Uh, but now it's the danger of vehicles running into you and ending your life abruptly. Um, but they're few and far between. This is not like a heavily trafficked road, at least not in the, the times that I'm going, which is like later on in the afternoon into the early evening. Um, but yeah, see a lot of interesting things out that way. Uh, smell a lot of interesting smells uh, as well. And one of the interesting ones yesterday was uh, a lot of marijuana. Like, a lot of marijuana. I felt like... Um, I felt like I was taking advantage of uh, these people because I was probably getting a contact high with the amount of marijuana that was in the air uh, in the atmosphere from from them 
Um, and uh, if I had a test right now, I'd probably pop positive. Uh, it was that much. It was that strong. Uh, th kind of weird thing that I saw yesterday. Well, not really weird, but I mentioned that cars go fast. And there's a lot of big trucks that travel this road as well. Not big trucks, but like, you know, full-size or half-size pickups with um, a lift kit and big tires. That kind of big truck. They don't slow down for anybody. And I guess somebody hit a chicken yesterday. And as I was running past, um, there was... I could see the chicken was on this kind of like not on the side of the road but like on the road off towards the side like not in the medium but off towards the side and uh its leg was kicking you know not a lot but just a little bit so i don't know if it was in like uh, uh i guess it's not rigor mortis but like right after when the nerves are still firing and uh, it's causing like muscle reflex and stuff. I think it, it had just gotten hit. And um, right before I came upon it, because there was a big truck that, that went through about the same time. And so I come across this chicken and it's still kind of like semi it wasn't semi alive like the eyes were closed looked like it was taking a nap but the legs would move every now and then so I kind of like pushed him off the or pushed her off the road with my foot so I don't necessarily want to be touching strange chickens uh, in the middle of nowhere so I push her off the road with my um, my foot and then I go on about my business um, so that was sad I hate to see Poor chicken uh, on the side of the road dying, but it is what it is. Uh, what was weird is today, I think I'm done talking about Pahoa. It was a fine, it was okay. Uh, one thing that was kind of shifty, actually two things that were kind of shifty. This is not a what I would call a 100% safe area either. For the most part, people are decent and kind uh, on Big Island, but there are there is that contingent of society that are knuckleheads and they're out to, you know, take advantage of situations, take advantage of people any way that they can. Uh, so you will see a lot of broken glass along this road where people's cars have been broken into and um I have heard from others not recently but several years ago that people have been carjacked on this road so in Hawaii uh it is not legal to possess a concealed weapon or brandish a weapon in public at all unless you have a hunting license and you're on your way to either hunt uh, target practice or a gun smith I think those are the only three places that you can be going with your gun and it has to be unloaded and uh, 
there's all kinds of rules, right? Uh, but on this particular stretch of road, I wasn't there. I heard this from somebody, some somebody else. So I don't know if it's 100% true, but someone brandished a weapon, fired one shot in the air as a vehicle was approaching them uh, on the road to get that vehicle to stop. Once the vehicle stopped, they ordered the occupants out, carjacked the the vehicle, and that was that. So that's pretty extreme for here because, number one, you're not even supposed to have your your weapon at all. This is not like a place where you carry um, guns around everywhere. Um, and so there was that, and then like the heinousness of carjacking somebody out on this road in the middle of nowhere, sort of, kind of. So it's not the safest area. You kind of are taking a risk. It's a small risk, but you're taking a risk when you're when you're out here, especially if it's in the evening time, like at night or whatever. So yesterday, a couple things happened. When I initially parked, um, where I parked was not around like houses or uh, other cars or anything. It was just like a single parking space out along this road, kind of like about half a mile from um, Hawaiian beaches, the subdivision. So I park and this truck comes and the truck kind of parks on the side of the road and people, there was like four or five occupants in this full-size pickup and it had a bunch of bikes in the back. So they didn't look like bikes that people were about to start riding. It looked like bikes that people had stolen from, <laughs> from around the island and just had a big old truck full of um, bikes is what it looked like to me and so these folks they initially were going to like park beside me or pull in beside me and they did not but then they went and parked on the side of the road so the whole time I was running and so they didn't leave like they were just sitting there and then I started going on my way to, to get started on my run and you know they just sat there so I was fully bracing myself for um, returning back to my truck and finding, like, the window smashed in or something, like, where they had waited for me to leave and then broken my truck. But I try not to leave anything valuable, you know, in plain sight inside my truck. So that happened, which, you know... Who knows? They may have just been on the side of the road. There could have been no ill intent from them whatsoever. Uh, and it could all be in my head. But so later on, when I got back to my truck, there was another full-size pickup that came down the road, slowed down, and then blocked me in to this space. And so... I didn't acknowledge that vehicle. I didn't look up, you know. I kind of just went about the business um, of, like, drying off and getting ready to get back in my truck and and leave. And I just kind of, like, stayed involved in that with a little peripheral uh, vision on the goings-on with this 
this truck or whatever, but they had blocked me into this area, and I was kind of scared, you know, that something was about to go down. Um, eventually, they backed out and went on down the road, but so that was kind of scary, uh, you know, obviously neither one of those uh, people had any designs on doing anything bad, but uh, scary nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, so back to why the chicken thing ended up being weird. So there was the dead chicken on the side of the road and all that stuff. So I got up this morning and I went um, up to Narnia. Like I described it before, um, the trail that I always run that goes up to the waterfalls, but I don't ever hardly go down to the waterfalls. I just keep going straight up. Uh, so I went to that trail this morning and as I had only gone maybe like uh, a quarter of a mile into this thing, like a quarter mile, maybe a half mile uh, into this trail, and there was a dead pig on the side of the road, like a dead boar, dead sow, and um, as I ran past it, it, it like suddenly sprung to life, um, and it scared the crap out of me. I thought that it was going to, like, start charging me. Um, but what had happened, apparently, um, the hind legs weren't working, so it couldn't stand up and it couldn't run at me. I think what happened, I'm just postulating, somebody on a motorcycle or maybe somebody in a vehicle just clip the back legs of this thing. Uh, I've been running before and had boars run straight across the trail. Kind of like deer. You know, like deer will hop across the road sometimes. But boars can run pretty fast. I think their top speed's like f 14, 15 miles an hour. Which is unbelievable for the an animal with legs that short and uh, body composition being what it is. But, uh, but yeah, so they can run, they will run across the road when they're startled, like in, in your path. So I think that maybe a motorcycle or something was speeding down this gravel road and the pig maybe ran across and just didn't make it and it took out the back legs. So the pig was still alive, but probably not for long. It looks kind of emaciated, so it may have been there for some time. Uh, but anyways, it was weird because I'd just seen the, the dead chicken. I know stuff dies all the time, uh, and that's the most logical explanation for seeing dead things everywhere. But um, it's just that I don't usually see them. I have seen stuff before where like hunters had killed um, a pig and then left the the body on the side of the road. But, you know, that's the, I mean, that's not 
So it is unusual in that I don't see it a lot, but I kind of know what happened. This one was kind of odd. And then it was odd that I had just seen another dead animal like the day before at a completely different trail. So my thought went to, um, you know, whether or not this was some kind of uh, omen uh, for things to come, like maybe either something, some kind of change or um, maybe even, you know, trying to foreshadow something uh, not so great that's coming down the pipeline. So I hope that it would be the former and maybe something is just going to change and and I need to deal with it or it could just be nothing at all and uh, just a coincidence but either way I felt bad for for both animals I was able to contact the non-emergency number for the police department and um, apparently somebody came out and removed the animal because when I got back down on the way to my truck the the pig wasn't there anymore so but yeah that was kind of a kind of an odd experience to see two two dead animals in um, two days at completely different locations Uh, so yep I am gonna go ahead for this podcast I'm gonna cut it off because I'm recording on my phone and I only have an hour and 30 minutes for each recording. And I realized that I still have about 20 minutes left on this particular recording. But if I keep letting it go, I'm just going to be talking and then my recording's going to run out and I'm not going to notice. So I'm going to stop this one and I'm going to go ahead and publish it. And then I will start back up on a second recording and then I'll talk about everything else that I wanted to talk about, which I don't have a whole lot more, but um, we'll cover some stuff like things to do while you're at home um, because of COVID-19. But yep. Uh, sit tight and I will be back with the second part of this episode.